Cloverleaf. Welcome back to the Dennis Talk Show right here on ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host. Along with me is Jerry Simmons and Mia and Andrew down at the studio. We're talking some shop this morning. We're talking some things that uh, I have run across, things that I think you should know. And, um, you know, you're more than welcome to go ahead and Google anything I've told you to. Um, this portion of the show is brought to you by Mr. Kess First on Guest himself, Brian Fuller, automotive specialist, along with Mitch, his son. Mitch is going to be on the front counter when you call 572-1734, and he will take your calls. Brian's going to be running around like a chicken with his head cut off, doing about three or four different things at one time. His cell number, you might as well interrupt him, <laughs> 237-3852. Brian's cell again is 237-3852. Mitch from Automotive Specialist, the business end of it is 572-1734. Both of them know what they're talking about. That's not my shop, but they have the same ethics and customer care as we do at Simmons, and we strive to have at Simmons. Brian's an excellent diagnostician. He's a firm believer, as you can Google him and find it, Test first, don't guess. Brian can be heard regular course on the Simmons Car Care Show. He's he's had his hands full this year, so not quite as regular as he used to be, but he's he'll be back. You know, I'll bring him on just like Jim from Frontier Towing. Uh and Mike Parker's is, is due back on again. I gotta have a chat with Mike, see when he wants to come back on. Let's talk some stuff and find out what's going on in his neck of the woods. You can reach Automotive Specialists at AutomotiveSpecialistAZ.com. That's their website. You can go in and visit. You can check out his shop. Uh, he's got an easy-to-navigate uh, website. Uh, he also has uh, uh, scheduling online, the same that Simmons does. Simmons has scheduling online, SimmonsAutorepair.com. Mike Parker has uh, scheduling online, and you can go to ParkerAutoAZ.com. And you can visit any of these, and we'll be back to cover, uh, talk about Mike just a little bit more in the broadcast. All right, so right now let's go to our first caller. Who do we have online, Andrew? We got Mike online one, Jerry. All right. Mike, good morning. Welcome to the show. Well, good morning, Jerry. Uh, Let me start by saying happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, you old crotchety character, you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You been fishing lately, boy? I'm just coming off of the river right now, as a matter of fact. Well, I've seen the pictures you posted on uh, the two stripers you caught. What'd you do? Use dynamite? Um, well, boy, it would be a lot easier if you could do that, I'll tell you. It would be a lot easier. <laughs> so, what's well, going, wanted, up in bull, uh, going on in Bullhead City in the automotive birthday. industry? What's that? What's going on up in your area with the automotive industry? You broke anything lately? Um, no. As a matter of fact, I have not. I had a, a TPMS lamp come on... I don't know, uh, two days ago or something like this. Um, all of the tires were a couple pounds low because that tends to happen when you don't air them up on a regular basis. 
Um, so I filled up the tires, and the TPMS lamp went off like it's designed to, and life is very good. Good, good. Well, I'm glad the fishing today's up. So you, um, what's the automotive industry doing up in Bullhead City? Have you noticed or paid attention to it? Are they busy? Um, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty busy up here. You know, obviously due to the the extreme temperatures that we we get up here along the river, um, there uh-huh. are a lot of cars alongside the road that are broken down with overheating issues. Um, wow. The road out of Bullhead toward Golden, um, that big hill there. Um, yeah. is actually a uh, proving ground for Fords, uh, for, for for their Ford truck. That's where they uh, rate their towing power. Um, so oh, really? It, it is, it's, yes, it really is. I was watching a Ford commercial, and I said, oh, my God, I look at I recognize that hill. And um, so I went ahead and Googled it, as you say, to do in many cases, and found out that, yes, this hill on 68 going out of Bullhead City, uh, toward Golden Valley is an official Ford test road um, for rating their towing capacity of their trucks. Wow. Wow. So yeah, you don't so it, take your Ford it, up that hill anymore? Uh, my Ford F-150 um, will climb that hill just fine in fourth gear, but it does not even want to hint at climbing it in fifth gear, no. Oh, okay. Well, that's a that's a heavy pull out of there. I've been there many times, and uh, with trailers, it and it is a pull. It is. One of the uh, other things that I've become a lot more obviously uh, familiar with up here, um, and mm-hmm. relate certainly to car care, and it was things that you would talk about, and I would say, well, there's Jerry on another one of his crazy tangents talking about stuff that he doesn't know anything about. Um. <laughs> Um, trailer, uh, trailer repair, trailer packing your trailer, uh, bearings, um, on a uh-huh. regular basis because they're going into the water with your boat. Um, I see an uh, way too many, um, trailers on, on the side of the road on toward Catherine landing in Lake Mojave, uh, where it's obvious that they've overheated the bearings and, you know, and, and basically oh. now they're stuck there, you know, having to do it on the side of the road. And that's, that's an easily preventable um, situation. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta do it in order to prevent it. And you know, and I know that uh, most people they don't they don't go fishing they don't go fishing every day like you do. So and <laughs> and they have to tow to get to a lake, and so they tow out, and then eight months and nine months later they get ready to go again and they forget that they back that hot bearing down into the cold water and then they take off well by the time they run about halfway there they never quit when you're in your parking lot they always quit when you're halfway to wherever you're going or you're just pulling into the lake and you got the whole hind end of the boat trailer smoking from burnt bearings with no place to fix them yeah so and like i say that's you know that's an easily preventable situation i you know i i would say hazard a guess that i probably see two or three trailers a week um on the road to uh lake mojave um with that situation 
So that you know, I mean, we get a lot of a, tr- a lot of traffic up here, obviously, with all with the lake traffic. But you know, but that uh-huh. that's an inordinate amount. Fantastic. Good information, big guy. It's not like you haven't been in the automotive industry a long time, and you're still harassing me about my show, I see. <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying. You, you can know. Google it. Special. You can Google it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I knew I had to call pretty soon because you've got to be about 175 years old by now, so I, I wanted to make sure that I, you know, called before they end up. Yeah, I love you too, Mike. I love you too. <laughs> All right. Have a great one, Jerry. Thanks for the call, buddy. Have a good one. You're welcome. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For the ones of you that don't know, that was Mike Gabrielson, who had retired from Simmons, living up in Bullhead City, that was a co-host and host of the Simmons Car Care Show for years and years and years. In fact, he's the guy that actually put me on the radio originally, and that was some 30, uh, 34, 34 years ago. Something like that. But anyway, it's good to hear from him. Yeah, he spends most of his time working part-time just to stay out of trouble and uh, doing fishing, catching big stripers and posting them on Facebook and trying to convince me that he actually caught them. So, all right. I had no no idea it was your birthday, Jerry. Well, I just don't, you know. uh, (laughs) Yeah, well, the last time I had a birthday, Mr. Slick that we used to have, he actually told my age. And I said, no, 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 we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. <laughs> oh, well, getting on to a better uh, part of the, the topic for today, Simmons 4x4 is looking for a hopefully a master technician because one of mine's retiring in June, and or I need a couple of 18-year-old plus uh, trainees to go out in the garage and I need a drive shaft helper technician in the drive shaft department, but they have to be 21 years of age because it's machinery <coughs> and the insurance won't cover them unless they're 21 years old. And so uh, for 21 years old, if you had machine shop uh, uh, training in high school, uh, some of the schools still offer that, welding shop, is a good one because uh, we do a lot of welding and cutting drive shafts and rebuilding drive shafts. And, um, but uh, I need, you know, and all of these are right now type job positions. In other words, go into 3743 South Country Club at Ajo and Country Club, fill out an application, and let us have a chat with you. You can talk to Wade when you're there. Or if Wade's not there, Denise will give you an application, drop that application off. Trust me, we will get back to you probably the same day and uh, set up an appointment. We'll come to you or you can come to us, and we'll find out what's going on there. But I do have position opens for three people, four people actually. And um, at Simmons 4 before Automotive Service Center, we're kind of a rookie business. We've only been there 46 years. We're not going anywhere. Uh, And we only work five days a week, Monday through Friday, because I found out that if I give my technicians a weekend off, I have better technicians on Monday. They have a chance to go fishing like Mike's doing. They have a chance to be with their family. Um, And we have uh, your compensation is going to be based on your experience, Uh, but we haven't had anybody starved to death yet. 
Uh, we do have the a benefit package that goes along with this. Uh, so give us a call. Uh, actually, don't call us. Just come in. 3743 South Country Club. Northeast Corner, Ajo and Country Club. We're open Monday through Friday, 7 to 5. You can come in, have a seat, fill out an application. Um, you know, we, we've got, you know, and we'll take it from there. Be interested in talking to you. Uh, like I said, we, we can take people at an automotive shop in high school. We prefer the people that way or mechanical aptitude. Uh, and we'll take it from there. The drive shaft division, you gotta be 21 now. We had one guy called and he was 20 and he really got upset because we said there's nothing we can do. We didn't write these laws. They're there for a reason, but you gotta be 21 and older to work in a machine shop, which that's what this is. And, uh, so gotta be 21 plus to work in a machine shop. Uh, we don't do any age discrimination or any kind of discrimination whatsoever. In fact, one of the best drive shaft person I've ever had in there was my niece. And she was, she was just, uh, incredible. And drive shafts, you know, she learned extremely fast. She could weld aluminum. She could weld anything when she left there to take a a better position working with her mom, I think it was. But anyway, uh, keep us in mind. And uh, 719-1490 is a call in down here, 719-1490. We'll be happy to talk about anything you want to talk about. But there are a few other little things that I'd like to do. This portion of the show is brought to you by Mr. Automotive Specialist. Frontier Towing, I can't say enough about Jim. Jim's been a regular guest here lately during this past year. Love him on the program. A lot of fun. A lot of super information coming off the road since he still he drives his own tow trucks when they let him but he likes to go to the big ones and he goes to the ones where they're heavy stuck and it's going to be tied down all day long and stuff like that but frontier towing 748 if you don't have that number written down please do you never know when you're going to need it he's got 32 vehicles that he can pull from to come and get you he can tow everything from a rhinoceros at the Reed Park Zoo to mine equipment, construction equipment from point A to point B. Uh, he can move a storage shed out of your backyard if he can get that big truck in there to get it just to get a hold of the storage shed. He can get them up and move them for you. He can tow high rider, say RVs. Just about anything that you can think of, he can get a hold of it. That's Frontier Towing, 748-1100. Or go to FrontierTowing.com, and then you can find his website. And he's got an excellent website. It shows his off-road vehicle coming out of uh, Reddington Pass towing, and it's just really a neat website, Frontier Towing. All right, now let's get back to one thing I promised you I'd get back to. All right, first of all, we're going to tow some vehicles. We're going to tow a vehicle. Uh, tow a trailer or a fifth wheel, and these are some of the do's and don'ts. When you get a fifth wheel and it weighs 12,000 pounds and you have a half-ton truck that's rated at 8,000 pounds or 9,000 pounds, are you going to tow that 12,000-pound trailer with it? Are you going to buy a three-quarter ton to tow that 12,000-pounder? Or are you going to say, well, I could just, I'll just go ahead and, you know, I, I've already got the truck and it's paid for, and I'm, I'm buying a fifth wheel, so I'm going to buy a fifth wheel, 
And But you have to pay attention to the weight of that fifth wheel. I can make a Mustang pull a fifth wheel if I could get a hitch put inside the trunk on it. The Mustang will pull. It has enough horsepower to pull a fifth wheel. How about stopping it? How about bringing that thing down from 55 mile an hour behind you in a Mustang? Something that's about a third the size of the fifth wheel. These are the things that you need to be concerned about. Can you, do you have a half ton truck that's going to go down a road with a eight ply tire on it instead of a 10 ply tire, which is going to give you a little wobble on the back end of it, a little bit of extra sway? Or do you have something that with a 10-ply tire, one, I recommend you put a 10-ply tire on it if you're towing with it. Go ahead and put your 10-ply tire on it. It'll stabilize the back end of it. The reason I know that, I own an F-150. And I put 10-ply tires all the way around it because I didn't like the little bit of movement. I've been towing so many years, I did not like the movement I was getting out of the truck. The truck handled the horsepower and torque in it was perfect for it. The 10-speed transmission handled 12,000 pounds. And then uh, we decided that, eh, well, maybe we need to beef it up just a little bit because I didn't like the way the uh, uh, the truck actually set with the trailer hooked to it. It pushed it down a little bit. It wasn't setting level. So we took it into Simmons 4x4 Automotive Specialists, took that 4x4 in there, and my son put a set of air suspension on that back end of that thing has an automatic pump on it in case you have a flat tire you can just plug a little lead into one of the valves and it'll take it right over and you can pump the tires up with it around the truck but that's an extra and we put that in and now we're able and it has an automatic setting it goes from i think three pounds to six pounds six pounds is where it makes the load ride level Three pounds is where we want it at when we're running empty. And now on three pounds, it may be down to one and a half, but whatever the minimum recommended in it is where it's set out. And it goes automatic. You hit a button and it goes back to where it was. You can hit another button. It'll take it up to six pounds. And that stabilized the fifth wheel. Fifth wheel toes easier than a bumper pull. A bumper pull will give you a whip. If you don't have stabilizer bars on the hitch that goes to the bumper pull, that's something to consider. You need to research it, and you need to find out what equipment you need to have on the hitch on the back of your truck to stabilize the load that you're towing behind it. Because when it gets to whipping out on the freeway, because of wind and it starts running from side to side, you have an anti-sway bar that goes on that thing right at the hitch, and then you have a preload. And what it does is it preloads the truck off of the hitch. It'll transfer the weight to the front of the truck when you're pulling a bumper pull so that when you hit the brakes, everything is equal as far as the weight distribution between the front wheels and the back wheels, and it allows all four wheels on that F-150 or you have done, or whatever you're towing it with, to balance out. And what it gives you is a weight transfer because the temperature in the rear tires are going to be higher than the one in the front. Oh, by about uh, probably 30 degrees, 40 degrees. And then you put that uh, weight transfer in there to the front, and then you can get your tires down to about one to two degrees difference in them. I did that. I know it works. 
So you need to put the stabilizers, and you say, oh, it's just a little trailer. won't make any difference. That's You're kidding yourself, okay? You go to wherever you get it, wheel equipment. I don't care where you buy your parts, wheel equipment, but get somebody that can explain to you how that works. If you don't know how it works, there's a lot of stuff online on Google that you can Google, and you just say, towing trailers. What do I need to tow a trailer with a half-ton truck? Okay, they will give you weight distribution. They will give you everything that you need to know. Same thing that I'm basically telling you right here, right now. The biggest thing on a tow vehicle when you're towing a trailer is, like Mike was saying a while ago about packing bearings on trailers. You pack those bearings on that trailer. Uh, Most of us us use it once a year. When you use it, use a high-grade synthetic, a heavy-duty high-grade synthetic in it. And then I call it my cheating room in case I forget to decide, well, I'm just going down to Patagonia Lake. It's only about a 150-mile round trip. Uh, You know, and I just pack these things, and it's been about eight months, uh, and I'm using a full synthetic heavy-duty. I can probably do it and get away with it. I would be nervous if I used the old stuff that they used to have and just put it in there because the lubes and the lube industry now has advanced so far. Get the good stuff. It don't cost that much. Just get the good stuff. Talk to anybody at a trailer shop, trailer repair shop, any place. Say, hey, what do you use? What do you recommend for this? There's no harm in asking, and I'm telling you, it'll save you a lot of aggravation in the long run. So get that taken care of. And your truck, your tow vehicle. You know, we spend a lot of time on, uh, well, you're towing down a road with your your bumper pull or your fifth wheel, and you forgot to check the dates on your tires to see when they expired, which is probably two years past, and you have a flat tire. We, We covered all of that, and that's stuff that you need to check, but you need to do the same thing on that tow vehicle. That tow vehicle now, you're going to hang that seven, eight thousand pound trailer. I think about the average weight of these things is between five and seven thousand on a bumper pull, unless you get some of the big ones, toy haulers and stuff. If you get a bumper pull toy hauler, you got a load. So, because you got to remember that toy hauler means toys. You put a Jeep in the back end of it, you put these little, uh, uh, off-road vehicles in the back of it. Some I'm put two of them in there, and so you've got a pretty good load. Plus, it's got a living quarters, so you got additional load for living quarters. So it's naturally a heavier, ve- a heavier uh, trailer to be towed. So when you're running with your truck, that truck needs to be in good shape. When's the last time you changed the transmission fluid? It's a tow vehicle. They change it thirty thousand miles. I don't care what the manufacturer says. You've got to change it. You go to extreme duty. Oh, and then it got this little caveat in there. It says, oh, if you're towing, but you have to find it. Take my word for it. If you're towing, you're going to be pulling extra heat out of that transmission, extra heat out of the differential because you're going to have more weight on the differential. That needs to be put your differential and your transmission fluid. If you tow every weekend, do it at six months. Just do it at six months and use the good stuff in it. I use full synthetic in my transmissions, mainly because of the ability of the synthetic not to foam. It has a, a silica agent in it that keeps it from foaming, unlike the regular transmission fluid. So, And some of the transmission fluids, I don't have a specs on every transmission fluid put out there, but I do know that the full synthetic has an anti-foaming agent in it, which allows you to go on up a hill 
without the heat because the foam in the transmission fluid retains the heat. It don't circulate through, come back, and then bust a bubble and disperse the heat. No, it comes back as foam. It goes back up through the system as foam, so you're not removing the heat effectively. When you're uh, towing your transmission in these older vehicles, if you've got a, a General Motors, I used to have a General Motors that I tow with, and it'd blow a quarter transmission fluid out of it every time. And if it wasn't synthetic with that high flash point, it'd probably burn the vehicle down. Well, it did that twice before I started doing a bunch of research and found out, oh, I can get something with an anti-foam in it and put it in there. But transmission shop owner told me, said, Jerry, said, leave it a one pint low in your GM if you're blowing transmission fluid out. Yeah, I know when transmission fluid gets low, you're supposed to fill it back up. He said, use one pint low. And I'm going, okay. GM's answer to that was put a, a dipstick on it that had a lock on it up top so that it couldn't blow the dipstick out and allow the fluid to, to come out. Well, that didn't work that well because you're still cooking the fluid. You need to find out why it's cooking the fluid and why it's pushing it out. I never got an answer for that one other than leave it a quart low. Uh, a, a pint. I left it a pint low and used full synthetic, and I had no more problems after that. I was already using synthetic, so I knew I had the best end I could get. But... I didn't know about leaving it a pint low. I left it a pint low. That vehicle is still on the road, people. And so it worked. And it was a 1990. So, yes, you can keep them running if you pay attention and use the current technology and help your way through it. Um, the other thing on towing is gear ratios. Back in the old days, back when Mike was a child, uh, they used to have 18-wheelers that would go down. It had big six-cylinder motors in them, and they were gas burners. This was, old, this was a long time ago. And you wonder how in the world did those things ever get up and down the mountains of Virginia and North Carolina and even in Arizona and up in Utah and Vegas, anything that's got a hill or mountain to it. How did these 18-wheelers get 40,000 or 80,000, 60,000 pounds up these hills? They did it with gear changes in the differentials and split transmissions. Split transmissions mean they had a splitter that comes on and multiplies the gears. What would have normally been a, a four-speed is now an eight-speed. And they keep, and it's in the lower gear ranges. It don't go up from the four-speed. It goes down from the four-speed. And so you've got a better gear ratio. Well, same thing applies to these late model vehicles. If you're going to be towing, if you go over to one of the RV places or Lens Auto Brokers, you go to Lens Auto or you go down to uh, Desert RV Center, you Google Desert RV Center, you decide you're looking for an RV. And this is one place that I can recommend is Desert RV Center and LensAutoBrokers.com if you want to get a tow vehicle and Desert RV Center uh, if you want to an RV to uh, be towed, and you can do that, but when you're getting a vehicle and you're getting a gear ratio that has a 343 gear in it and you've got a half-ton truck and you're going to be towing about 10,000 pounds, you're going to be running out of gears, and you can downshift, which multiplies the gears to the, to the differential, 
And you can do it on a gas burner, but you've got to be very cognizant of what RPM range you're going to be running in when you go. There's a red line on most of these speedometers. You don't want to go in that red line and run it for a while because that is not a race engine. That is not designed to run at a 5,500 RPM for, you know, 15 miles or 12 miles or 7 miles when you pull in a mountain range. Now, the only one that's the exception to the rule on that is the V10 Ford that come out in 99, which I towed with, that it didn't have a red line. It was a V10. I know for a fact it'll run 5,800 RPM in that mountain range going flagstaff towing 13,000 pounds. Now, it was a three-quarter ton, but don't believe everything that the emblem says. I'd already modified it. I modified that son of a gun. I put a gear change in it at a 456 gear change. I put uh, all the uh, one tons. Actually, it was a one and a quarter ton truck, but a V10 was what was pulling the load. And it, it did run that. It did not overheat. <coughs> That's an exception to the rule. <coughs> Excuse me. As I know it. Change of gear. And now let's take it back. Let's step back to that uh, 12, uh, 12 horsepower chip you're going to put in your gas burner. You're already going to open up the exhaust pipe. But if you pull in a 373 or a 343 gear in the back end of that truck, you're still not going to be happy with it. It's not going to give you the response that you need. If you'll step it up to about a 373 or a 411 gear and the back end of that truck, and if you've got a four-wheel drive, you have to go both front and rear, um, but you step that gear up to about a 411, you still got a 30% overdrive on that vehicle, so the end result is going to be a down uh, around a 355 when it goes into overdrive, but... You could drop it. You just you don't tow an overdrive going up a mountain anyway, so you run it in direct drive. Now you got a gear that'll take you most of the way. And as soon as you see the RPM start falling back, just drop it down a gear and take it back up to about three thousand thirty one hundred on your gas motors and let it pull. You'll be happy that way. Do that before you put that waste your money on. And I say waste your money. I'll do it tongue in cheek because if you're going to put the chip in it, it's going to cost you about $300. Then you're going to have to put the exhaust on it, which probably cost you another $300. Now it's $600. Or, and it still won't pull the way that you're going to want it pulled. You're not going to be happy with it. We took a guy's F-150 that was pulling a boat to Roosevelt. He come in, he said, I'm thinking about putting one of those chips in it. What do you think? I said, nope, I don't think so. Why don't you, uh, gear ratio in this son of a gun is a uh, 330, uh, 334, 343, something like that. And uh, just change change gear ratio first. What, what's your pleasure on this? You're going to change it because if you put the, the uh, chip in it, you're going to work the heck out of the motor, and I don't think you're going to have that much of results in it. So just put the gear change in it. And get It was two-wheel drive. Do a gear change in the back end of it. Take it to the lakes next time you run. You can always add a chip to it and an exhaust system to it because you're going to need to add the exhaust when you add the chip. Do the gear ratio change first because your boat is heavy and, and let me know how it works out. Well, he did. And a week later, he took it to the lakes and he called me up and he said, the gear change is better than I expected. I don't even think I need the chip in it. Now, 
He turns right around. He buys a motor home, and it has a V10 in it. And he says, I want to put a chip in this. And I said, and? He said, I want to put headers on it. I want to open it to three-inch exhaust because it already has a 411 gear in it. And I want to tow my boat with it. And it right now, it kind of drags it down. We did the conversion for him. We did the chip in it. Uh, when we got through, he picked up about 40 foot-pounds of torque, and he picked up almost 30 horsepower with that, with that combination. And he was as happy as he could be. He said, that is exactly where I wanted to pull, exactly the RPM that I wanted to pull at. It doesn't overheat. It just pulls and gets it done. So there's ways you can make the vehicle you have pull the load if you want to go the modification route. Now, keep in mind, when you get into an accident, people are going to be looking at these things. These accident investigators look at everything. If you're taking a half-ton truck and you're pulling 14,000 pounds with a half-ton truck, I don't care if you do have it modified, the registration on that truck is going to say half-ton. It's going to, you, you, anybody can find out what the tow rate is on that. And so if you have that, then all of a sudden you become partially, uh, partially liable for the accident that you were in, involved in, even though you didn't cause the accident. Okay, that's how this stuff works. So that's the same way with the correct tire for what you're doing on these late model cars. You know, you take a Hellcat and you put a set of non-speed rated tires on that on that car, and the tire blows out. Guess what? One, the dealership or the car manu- the tire manufacturer shop that sold you that tire and mounted it on your car is liable. Wrong tire. Wrong tire. That's the reason the tires are getting expensive based on horsepower, speed ratings, and all of this. So this is something that you have to stay up with as as you're doing all these modifications. Keep in mind, if you modify the differential on the late model F-150 and you modify the rear suspension on that thing, that vehicle now, according to your warranty, is a modified vehicle. No, we're not going to warranty that. You modified it. It broke. Well, it's going to, it's a lot safer to drive. I don't see what the modification, the differential has got to do with it. 10 speed transmission should go up and down just fine, change gears when it needs to be. All I did was just make the behind end set up a little bit to carry the load. That's called a modification. You check with your dealer. If you're still under warranty, you want to check with the dealer to make sure that you maintain your warranty. If you add a set of air shocks, Anything that'll change the way that truck normally rides. And the Ford has a rating on it of 12,200 pound towing capacity. And I'm here to tell you that little echo boost will pull that 12,200 pounds with no problem whatsoever. It'll pull it as just as well under normal condition as my big diesel will. My big diesel is rated to pull 18,000. And so we've got twin hitches. I've got one in the diesel, one in the Ford. Basically, in case the diesel breaks down, I won't have to call Frontier Towing and have Jim come and get me. I can just go home, get the other vehicle, bring it in, push one vehicle out of the way, put the other one in it, and tow it. And, yes, it's set up to tow safely. Both of them are. 
the difference between the two is the diesel, you have to kind of keep your eyeballs on the side mirrors to make sure that you get your <laughs> load still there because there's a difference in 405 foot-pounds of torque or 410 foot-pounds of torque and 850 foot-pounds of torque. Uh, there's a, definitely a pulling rate. What I've done over my lifetime, uh, once I started figuring things out, I should say, is if I go in to buy a truck, and I say, okay, uh, the only reason I got a three-quarter ton this time instead of a one ton is, one, it had a higher rate rating for towing than my 06 one ton. But there's a lot of factors that go into that, too, and, and I'll get into those in just a little bit. But <clears throat> the three-quarter ton, I buy one step over. That trailer is rated that I can pull it with the F-150. And I said, oh, good. If I can pull it with the F-150, then I can probably not pull the guts out of a three-quarter ton. So I, I get a different uh, – well, actually, I have a, about the same gear ratio. But I've got a bigger truck, heavier suspension from the factory. I haven't modified a single thing on that big one that uh, – even though I have only F-150, and yet the load is rated to be pulled by the F-150. So there's a lot to be involved and a lot of research that you need to do. So when you call uh, or you check out DesertRVCenter.com and you see something that you like, the second thing I want you to do is look at the vehicle you're going to be towing it with and find out is that going to be enough for you before you get on the road like a guy that I tried to talk out of buying one that he was towing with a short wheelbase uh, Dodge van. And I'll tell you real quick what happened to him. He was going through Picacho, caused a crosswind, totaled his brand-new RV out and totaled his truck out. And two weeks later, he come in the office to tell me that I was absolutely correct. I should have never done it with that little uh, van. And, by the way, his wife was still in the hospital. So I, I, I've been towing since I was five years old, people. I've towed all, out on a farm. I have towed just about everything, overloaded when it wasn't supposed to be, everything. So I'm just trying to keep you out of trouble. All right, let's go to the phones. Who we got? Uh, well, I, I don't know that this uh, this gentleman needs any introduction, Jerry. We got uh, Jim Mooney okay. on the phone. Really? Who's Jim Mooney? <laughs> Who's on? <laughs> Uh, Mr. Jim, good morning. Good morning, Jerry. How's it going? It's going fine. It's going fine. I was kind of wondering, well, what happened to Jim? I figured he'd be on here by now. Well, but I figured that you was out chasing people in washers and stuff like that, like you did the other day when you got stuck and had to go get that one guy out. Oh, you know, you in the beginning of your show at six o'clock in this morning, when I was listening to you on my way to, to the job. Uh, uh -huh. You were talking about people having driving issues. Well, I had to go get somebody who had a driving issue. They unfortunately did something wrong and then got so those silver bracelets put on their hands. And then they got escorted away to a to a nice area where they could calm down and relax and people could talk to them. Wow. So, yeah, wow. That, wasn't, that was what I was doing at, at 530 this morning. <laughs> I'm like, ouch. I, so... Anyway, um, I have a question about your um, about your gear ratio change. Yeah, what about it? Oh, so so um, as Brian says, we're driving computers on wheels. 
So when you're when mm-hmm. we're doing a gear ratio change on a on a late model vehicle, does it come with a computer upgrade, or should we be looking at computer um, modifications for the for the gear change? If you do a gear change on it, the computers uh, run off of wheel sensors when they get reported back. So the gear ratio is will be covered. The wheel size, if you go with a wheel size and you say, okay, I'm going to get rid of this uh, 16-inch wheel, I'm going to go to a, a 33, which is about five inches bigger. That changes the wheel rotation, okay? So that don't tell them anything about the gear differential because most of your stuff is pulled off the gear speed or the rotation of the uh, ring and pinion. And the computers have compensated for that. You can change the... Uh, gear ratio, but you can't change the tire size, which it almost sounds like it's backwards, but it's not. And, but we do, uh, we see people come in with tire size and there'll be five, six, uh, mile per hour off the speed. And they say, well, do I need to have a computer program? No. You need to have maybe a transmission speed sensor or something put in that shows this size tire, but you're not going to find it because there's not that, there's no, there's no computer thing out there for that. Uh, yeah, you can keep playing with them until you can get them down close, but you won't be able to get them as close as you can with a computer on the car that handles that gear ratio and the speed. The computer on the car will match your GPS. But uh, if you change the tires, the tires, the only thing that will cover the tires will be a GPS. It will cover the vehicle movement at that speed where the computer inside the car is actually geared to the vehicle differential so the tires are going to give you one speed up and the different well differential is only going to rotate so far and that's what the computer is going to report okay therefore you're going to be five or six miles an hour off the bigger tires are going to be bigger slower rotation they cover more territory in the same length of time and so it gives you a, a different speed it just gives you a different speed. You're actually running faster than what your speedometer tells you that you're running. Okay? Did that answer your question, or you want me to shoot? What? <laughs> I, I, I just I, when you were talking about it, I, I I knew the tire size was a real issue. Then I started thinking, well, the, the gear ratio would affect the tire wheel speed, but the, I I thought maybe there might be like a transmission shift point issue. Or, or you know, nope. because cause now you're you're, but it, but well, for what you're saying, it doesn't really matter because the the transmission will shift at the speed necessary. Just the wheels is going a little bit, the the tra- the gyro shaft's going a little bit faster, so it'll shift accordingly. That, that tr- the transmission point's going to be at forty nine mile an hour. Okay, uh, let's just take that one. That's one. It'll be forty nine mile an hour, and it'll sh- shift at forty nine mile an hour. Uh, you can have the big tires on there. You can have the uh, whatever you want on there, but the shift and the transmission, when the vehicle is rolling, the bigger tires, you can be running 49 mile an hour. The bigger tires will indicate, will take you GPS-wise about five or six miles an hour over that, and so you're running actually faster than what the uh, computer's reading in the car. The computer will still shift your your uh, gears, but it's going to shift when it's supposed to, not when you put aftermarket tires on it and they rotate and send erroneous information 
or it can't measure that. It has no way of measuring the actual tire rotation on this thing, unless it's like a limited slip rear end. When you get a limited slip in there, it works off a different thing. It works based on, well, traction control works computerized. We're talking apples and oranges here. Traction control works on wheel slippage. The limited slip differential in the older days, it had the clutch packs and stuff in it. It operates also on wheel slippage, but it's based on the tires themselves slipping. So you take the tires, and I'm getting everybody confused now, including me. When you rotate the tires... And they go to spinning on these 33s. The limited slip differential is going to go in and pick it up. All right. Will the limited slip work with the same principle? It should with the computer because it's picking up slippage on the differential. But will it pick up the slippage early enough to do good? Don't know. Because you're talking, you know, a, a difference in the tires and the tire movements on the outside. But I would have to say, based on the technology on these cars that I've seen, that the limited slip or the traction control will control regardless of what size tires you have on the back of it. Okay? But it takes you back to the shift point. When's it going to shift? When the engine tells the computer, I have enough power for you to go to the next gears, how they're basically based on. In other words, people come in. They have a problem with the transmission. So this thing just keeps jumping back and forth. Well, it's not the transmission. They're an integrated system. It's the engine is not producing enough and talking to the computer and telling it, okay, I have enough power for you to go to the next gear. It's time to shift. And so it'll go up and say, whoops, I made a mistake. I don't have that much power to, to waste, so I can't, I can't take it at the next RPM level. And it will downshift back to the transmission. And it'll do this numerous times. You think you're losing your mind. More so, you think you're losing your transmission. Where if you check the engine and find, make sure that engine is running correct before you do these transmission repairs or pull a transmission and look, uh, we've been able to cure. I have personally been able to cure four transmissions that have a shift issue by doing nothing but changing the fluid in it. That's how sensitive they are. Change the fluid wow. in it, put a little can of uh, BG additive in it, put that thing back together. But I already had the authority and the approval from the owner to change the transmission because he was absolutely convinced that it's a transmission problem. And we changed the fluid, and he did have a little runnability issue with the engine. And the transmission fluid was black, so we changed the transmission fluid. We fixed the engine. We fixed the cause of the transmission fluid burnt, which was a lack, and it was running up and down through the gears all the time because of lack of power coming through the the computer or the information stream going to the computer that says, hey, I, can't, I can take you up, but you're only temporary. I'm going to have to take you back. I don't have enough power. And so it cured more transmissions like that by fixing the engine on on Fords that I actually had approval for transmission in. So it's everything runs together. They're module units. So when you get down to the speed sensors on the wheels, the speed sensors on the tires, uh no. Uh the it'll I, I've changed I've put the bigger tires on it. All it does is change the speedometer reading. I've changed a gear ratio in it and the computer will read the gear ratio. Don't ask me how 
the computer reads the new gear ratio that's in there. Uh, I can't remember if we had to set the computer to tell it that we had a different gear ratio in there. I just I can't remember that part. And uh, but I don't think so because or I may have been able to go up a certain amount without it changing anything. Um, and it's just like going up tire sizes with a tire pressure monitor in them. You know, you can go up a certain tire pressure monitor, uh, tire pressure, and you won't have to change your monitor reading. Or you can step it up a one size bigger than that, then you've got to go in and repro- reprogram all the tire pressure monitors that's reading the tire pressure in the different size tires you just put on there. So that changes. What's your next question? Don't you have an easy question? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I thought it was going to be a simple question, but it, you, you you took me around it, the block it, there a couple of times. I, I had, to get, I had it, to get a roadmap out. <laughs> if you look at technology, probably or most likely the 2020s and the 2021s, it's probably said, okay, we got these idiots out here. We got these people out here, these clients out here that's going to put bigger tires on it. Maybe they have put that adjustment for the tire in there. I don't know. I don't know I on the right. 2020. I've never run across it. However, I would think that they would since that would be an issue and people are going to put the bigger tires on there anyway. Uh, I put bigger tires on my truck, and I didn't have any problem with it at all. And it's 2018. I didn't step it up massive, but I did put the next size larger on it just because I need a little more rubber on the road and a little more tire tires. But it didn't change. I'm, I can still run my GPS. I guess my GPS on the or the truck, and I've got the same speeds, okay? And my gut's beginning to tell me that uh, the truck is running on a GPS also, okay? Because how do you match anything perfect? <laughs> See what I'm saying? So it's just right. a matter of, uh, one, if you're going to be towing a vehicle and you don't have an engine big enough to get the job done, you have options. You have options. Uh, on the older vehicles, we can take it, we can do a transmission gear, you know, the, the regular cable gear that goes down the transmission. We can actually change that gear inside the back of the transmission and match it up to the gear ratio that we put in there, and life is good. Okay, that's on the older vehicles. On the late model vehicles, I am sure that somebody makes a uh, part that can go in and read the speed of the transmission and the rotation of the differential and stuff that can match just about anything that you've got going. If you've got enough time to find out, or you may be able to just reprogram it. Everything changes on a daily basis with that stuff. But when you get in, when you go into a shop and they start talking about the gear ratio changes, they already have this information. They'll know what what gear ratios go with which. They'll know which carrier will fit a uh, uh, 354 up to a 411. Anything over 411, you get to buy a new carrier. Therefore, the expense goes up. Four-wheel drives. If you run a 411 in the back end of a four-wheel drive, you better have a 411 in the front end of the four-wheel drive or it's going to be, when you lock it in, you've got some big issues that's going to show up real quick. And if you're running a 354 to a 411 and you put a 411 in and you're running a 354 in front, you're going to have a major problem muy pronto because it's not going to work. It's going to blow up. So, yeah, you'll have a broken, uh, broken drive shaft. <laughs> you're going to have broken everything. 
you're gonna you're gonna rip something out of the front end too. So, but that's the little. Uh, I hope that answered your question. Not that you're gonna get it unless you plan on putting it in your Dodge Charger. <laughs> um, well, no, it, it was it answers my question because uh, I mean, when, what you said about the 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 OEMs having an adaptive uh, programming in their car in the vehicles. And for example, you can buy the Ford truck and Chevy's too with an 18, and then if you want to upgrade, you get a 20-inch wheel. So, do they reprogram every one of them going down the line? I bet not. What year? If you're if you're a, new, a late model truck, if you buy a, a 20 or a yeah. 19, you can. If you order okay. from Ford, you can get 18-inch tires, or you can get 20-inch tires. Well, and that shouldn't change anything unless if it's already adapted. Well, you adapt them to them, so I'm sure there's a parameter range in there uh, that the computers, the computer system on these late model, and like I say, everything changes from day to day. So the computer system on a 2020 is not the same computer system I have on a 2018. So yeah, right. anything is possible when you're dealing with computers. All you got to have is somebody smart enough to say, okay, they can put this size tire on it. Okay, so we'll design it so it'll adapt to that. Or the computer will realize that the RPM doesn't match what it should be in this gear going down to the road for the mile per hour. So yeah, I'm sure the technology is there. You know, you just, but when you get ready to do all these changes, that's the reason it takes a daggone long to find out if I can put a 456 in my uh, 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 218. I put it in a 99 F450. I put a 411 in where they said you can't, they don't even make one for that truck. So, well, it's a Dana 80 differential. I bought one, put it in, it worked fine. All I did was go down in between a 456 and a 411. I bought a little adapter and put it in the side of the transmission, which was the old gear. You just pull it out and put that little old bitty thing back in there and bolt it in. Voila. My speedometer was dead on just from changing those two gears. But later model ones, a little more sensitive. But I did find out that you can change a gear ratio, and it doesn't affect the running speedometer that it does when you change the tires, go to a bigger tire. So I, I was a little surprised to see that. To me, that was backwards. But then again, I'm not an automotive engineer. I'm just a little old layman out here spreading the word the best I know how. And for the ones I've been doing it, hey, I love Google. I mean, boy, you can go to Google and you can get about 100 different uh, answers for something like this. Uh, so you read all 100 of them, and then you run an average on which one of them actually said the same thing. And that's the average that you want to go with the people who are repeating themselves. And uh, some of the stuff is not in books. That's where you go to Google, and you actually go to the people that do this type of stuff and they'll tell you what's the in and outs because there's so many parts to a vehicle, so many combinations, uh, not one book. Uh, you know, and I have the fancy computer systems that, that spit out what the OE has. But when you modify something, you change it. That's the reason the OE get excited when you modify one of their trucks. They say it'll tow 12,000 pounds. Okay, it'll tow 12. Well, I do know that they also underrate the tow capacity of these vehicles. By how much, I have no idea. So, oh, they, but anyway, they build in a safety margin in, in, in the 
in the vehicle Absolutely. to compensate. Absolutely. They've been yeah, doing that for ever since I've been in the automotive industry. So, and that's a long time. And but that's the reason they get away with towing the bigger loads with the half ton trucks. However, you can burn a bearing on the back end of a truck while towing a cab over camper that weighs eleven uh about ten thousand pounds on the back end of a half ton truck, which I thought was stupid to start with and I told him. I said, One of these days you're gonna fry your bearings. He did. He caught on fire in Phoenix coming back from the lakes. So all right, we're out of time, Jim. Good to talk to you, buddy. Right. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a good one. And for the rest of you, thanks for joining me. I hope this information helped you out a little bit. You can always give a call over to the shop. Um, and you can go to Frontier Towing, Lens Auto Brokers, Automotive Specialist. Life is good. Till next week, God bless. Bye-bye.